So we're going to finish our series. It seems so quick, but it's been three weeks. We're going to finish our series uh, called Divine Connection this weekend. And today I want to talk to you in particular about a community of divine connection. Community of divine connection, which is what God wants for your life. And so let's take our text, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19 through 22. It's Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19 through 22. And I, I want to encourage you, we're going to put up a link right now where you can go to Uversion if you have another electronic device there. And at Uversion, if you just click on events, it'll take you to our notes. You'll see it there. It'll say, Your Summit Church notes for this weekend. You can click on it and you can actually put your own notes in there. If not, I want to encourage you to go ahead and take notes of your own in a journal or whatever, because these are learning experiences and God can inspire us to grow and develop as we take them in. So again, let's engage with the word of God. So today we're reading out of Ephesians chapter two, verse 19 through 22. So open your Bible there. We're reading from the NIV version. And if you don't have something close that you can use, then feel free to just look on the screen and let's read it together. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. So Father, we just come to you right now in the name of Jesus and we ask for your blessing upon this word. We ask you, God, that as you have deposited this in my spirit, that it, you'll give me the ability to, to speak it in a way that will go straight to the heart, straight to the spirit of every single person who's receiving this word right now. And that, God, you'll bless it in such a way that even if I don't say it well, even if I'm not as eloquent as I should be or maybe not as gifted as I want to be, I pray that you'll move me out of the way and you'll speak directly into the hearts and lives of every single person listening. And God, we just pray and, and, and ask you to bless every family, bless every household, bless them physically and spiritually and relationally and financially, God. And Lord, let us not look at what's going on in the world. Let us not worry and be anxious. Your word tells us in, 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 in Philippians, be anxious for nothing but by prayer and supplication, make your needs known to God. So Lord, we come to you right now and every need that is in our lives right now we bring it to you we lay it at your feet and we just ask you to meet our need give us this day our daily bread in jesus name we pray and everybody said amen amen god is good isn't he man i just sense the presence of the holy spirit and uh, today i want to again i want to just tell you i want to talk to you about a community of divine connection you know, there is something so powerful about being a Christian, and there's a lot of ways to describe it, a lot of ways to define it, but the truth is, it is a community. That's what it is. It's a community that is put together by God to surround us in such a way that we'll grow spiritually and will impact and affect other people's lives. And what I would like to call it today is the community of divine connection. 
Because I believe that if we're seeking the face of God and we want God to move in our life, and especially if we're those kind of Christians who are praying, God, your will be done, your kingdom come. We're not those kind of Christians that are just culturally Christian or we're nominal Christian or we're mediocre in our Christianity where we're just living our life and hoping you're blessing it. But no, we're those kind of Christians that are surrendering to the will of God and saying, God, I'm here to serve you. I'm here to live out your purpose and destiny for my life and for the life of my family in my community, in my neighborhood, in my house, in every circle of influence that I have. That's the kind of Christian we are Then I believe with all of my heart that God will establish a community of divine connections in our life. I don't know if you've ever heard anyone use the word divine appointments. I believe in divine appointments because I believe you can, you can see throughout the word of God uh, where divine appointments were made. In other words, God established an appointment for one person to meet another person and for that to become something significant as, uh, in his kingdom. Uh, I believe that God sets up divine appointments right now in our world today. And sometimes those divine appointments are for God to use Christians to touch uh, the lives of somebody who needs to know Christ. So sometimes it's, it's uh, just, man, God's trying to answer a prayer that you've prayed by connecting you with somebody who can help you or, or, or consistently minister to your life. Or maybe it's someone you can be a mentor to. Or maybe somebody you need a mentor and God just divinely connects you in a way that benefits your life, benefits their life, and benefits others around you. I believe that these moments and these relationships and these connections are very important to our spiritual growth, and I think they're very important to the kingdom of God's purpose in the earth. I don't think we can take them lightly, and I don't think that we can just think that every person we run into is just another person, or every situation we're in is just another situation. I honestly believe this with all of my heart, that God is moving in our lives by his angelic host, by, you know, the Bible says that, that the angels of God are ministering spirits to the heirs of salvation. I believe through his angels, I believe through his Holy Spirit, I believe through the manifest presence of God in every way, his word, I believe he is aligning himself himself with our life to bring us into his will and purpose so that we can accomplish great things and become everything he called us to become that is the way I believe this works I have a friend that, that goes to church here and he said he believed that God orchestrates everything and I, I believe that I believe that God knows who you need to meet God knows where you need to be I think God does things in our life we don't even know he's doing it I, I, there have been many times in my life that something has happened and then after it was over I thought man I want that just feels like God did that. I've met somebody that, that I really didn't know, but man, we, there was just something, a connection that we knew this is going to be a great relationship and it's going to mean something. It's going to go somewhere. I've, I've, I've met people who, who have facilitated ministry and, and global things in my life that never would have happened without that relationship. It's so important that we become sensitive to the Holy Spirit and the fact that God is continually and constantly creating a community of divine connections around us. So when we read this passage of Scripture, it helps us to understand what our role in the church is. See, the church is that community, but it's only part of that community. The church is that community where we come together. And what we need to understand is it's not just about some physical organization. And it's not just about some, uh, some meager friendships. It's about divine connections that empower us to become everything we should become. 
And, and, and God says that he took us, Gentiles, people who weren't Jews, and he put us into the family of God. He allowed us to be a part of what he's building. You see, the Bible talks about Jesus being the, the, the chief cornerstone. And when a building was built in that time, you first laid the chief cornerstone and then you measured every other stone by it because the chief cornerstone had been measured out, it had been set, it was the plumb line, if you will. It was what you measured by. So Jesus is that for us. We, we measure our lives by him. We measure our thinking by him. We measure our spiritual walk by him. He is the standard. He is that person. And the great thing about Jesus, he's not only the standard we have to, ally, uh, have to, have to uh, attain, but he empowers us and gives us the ability to attain it, not by our own doing, but by his doing and what he has done and what he is doing in our lives. Isn't it amazing that we serve a God who doesn't just say, hey, I expect you to do this. He says, hey, I expect you to do it, but I'm going to give you the power to do it. So you're not doing it on your own. What an amazing thing. So as Jesus is that cornerstone, that chief cornerstone, all of our lives are lined up. But he's not the only stone in the house. You and I, the Bible calls us living stones. We are a part of the building of the rising of the temple of God, the, the house of God, the, where the Spirit of God dwells. But it's not just the Spirit of God dwelling in you as one stone, because one stone does not a house make. One stone does not a temple make. So you and I and the person uh, that, that you know that's a Christian and a person across the street that's a Christian, a person you know in another state that's a Christian and people around the world that follow Jesus and people that sit in the, the seats of this church that follow Jesus. Listen, we are all in that building together and God is, God is smoothing out the rough edges in our life and He's stacking us one on top of another, building this great kingdom of God, this great house of God in whom His Spirit dwells. We work together. We live together. We do life together because it's a community of divine connection. Can I just say something to you right now? You're not in the church you're in by accident. If God led you to a church, you need to understand that's, there's a divine connection there. It, it just amazes me sometimes how people so flippantly will just jump from church to church. Now, I don't know what your situation is, and I don't know if you came from another church to this church or if you got saved in this church or if you got saved and found this church. I don't know. I don't know how that works, and I'm not judging that in anybody. But I'm just going to say in a general sense, it amazes me how we will spend so much time going from church to church just with the idea that, well, I like this, and I don't like that. And we're approaching church as a consumer, like church is a grocery store, or church is a movie theater, or church is an entertainment venue, that we have to like everything about it in order for us to go to that church. So we go from church to church to church trying to find the right music that we like, or the right preacher that we like, or the right Sunday school class that we like, or the right type of people that we like, or the right... And you know what? That's not why you gather yourself with a group of people. You know, we all are in this together, people who are living by the Word of God, who people who are preaching the Word of God. Look, it, if, you, if you're preaching the Word of God, if you believe Jesus is the Son of God, God raised Him from the dead, you believe He's coming back, you believe in the divine principles and doctrines of this Word, look, we're in the same family. And But God creates churches that have particular visions that are local churches that we are called to to help perpetuate and promote the vision of that house so it's interesting to me well how why in a, in our world that we've become consumers and i don't just speak 
to people who are not uh, people who are in min- uh, not in ministry. Like I- I'm talking about all of us. We all do this. What we need to be doing is saying, God, where do you want me to be? God, if you've placed me here with these people around me, let me stop worrying about the likes and dislikes. Let me start worrying about why am I here? What purpose have you brought me? Sometimes I think we're only thinking of church as what we receive from it. And we're forgetting that we're bringing something to the table. We're bringing ourselves. We're bringing our personality. We're bringing our gifts and our talents to serve the kingdom of God in the perpetual vision of the house. We've got to get this right, church. This is a divine connection. It's not just a happening. It's not just a a, a whatever. It's not just a a coincidence. I was was driving into town uh, uh, today and and as I was driving in, there was a trailer, a, somebody coming from Paladura Canyon, and they were pulling a trailer. And the back of their trailer, there was a sticker that said, happenstance. And I felt, here's what I said in my mind when I read that sticker. I said, well, you drive like that. Because <laughs> they were driving really slow, like, just whatever, whatever, you know. And I'm back there like, I've got somewhere to be. I need you to move it along. And, you know, that's the difference. Life is not like a bunch of coincidences or happenstance or quesera, sera. Life is meant to be lived on purpose with intention for the kingdom of God. And if you really understand the community of divine connection that God has put around you, you'll realize how much he's investing in you to become everything he wants you to become. So I just want to share with you that I believe that there are divine connections in our life, and I believe that they show up in several ways. I believe our church is a divine connection. I believe I believe we have a divine connection with God himself. I believe that our relationship with our spouse and family is a divine connection. I believe that friendships that we have are divine connections. And I believe that all of these make up that community that God has divinely connected us with so that we can fulfill what he has for us. Because there are people in your life that are awaiting a divine connection that God intends to give them, and that divine connection is you. But if we don't align ourselves in the community of divine connections that God has given us, then we will not become what we need to uh, 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 figure out how to make a difference in the lives of the people who God intends to connect us with divinely. Think about that for a minute. Listen to me. Think about that for a minute. I was in Africa one time, Rwanda. And, uh, you know, I have to admit, we, we, were, we were planned out. We, were, we, were, we had everything just lined out so organized and so well. And we were on that clock and we were going from place to place and doing our projects and ministering to people and doing leadership conferences. And one of the conferences we had, we had all these different African leaders that were there. And there was one little mama there and and uh, she, she stopped me after service. And uh, we were all just talking about to go change and get on a bus. And she stopped me and she said, she said, I want to say something to you and I want you to understand the, the weight of it. And she said, uh, in that deep Rwandan accent, she said, I, I, I want you to understand that I've been praying And today, as you were speaking and teaching us, I realized you were the answer to my prayer. There were things that I needed to know that I did not know. There were things that that needed to change that I did not know how to change. 
And we had also ministered to her uh, because she was in deep need. Her husband had just died, and she needed, she needed money bad to send her kids to school um, and to just feed them. She had nine children, and they were, they were in, des- in a desperate situation. And the Lord spoke to us, and we met that need. But she said, you need to understand that when you do this, this is not just you going and doing projects. You need to understand that I prayed. I prayed, God, you have to send someone to me who can tell me what I need to know. And you have to send someone to me who can help me with my situation. And she said, I want you to hear me when I say you were an answer to my prayer. Now, (laughs) you can hear the emotion in me because I'm remembering back and hearing her voice and the weight with which she said what she said. I want to encourage you today. I want to say that to you today. How do you know? That someone at your job is not praying a prayer that God intends to answer with you. How do you know that someone at your school or someone in your house has been seeking the face of God and and you don't even realize that God wants to use you to be the divine connection that brings that answer to their life? You may not even know you have the resource that they need. You may not even know that you are you're going to say the words that they need to hear. I can't tell you the times that there has been someone who is just speaking to me and 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 just talking and they thought we were just having a conversation but I knew in my heart and my spirit this is a divine connection. God is thinking about me. God is speaking to me through this person. I'm telling you that is the way God works many times. And he wants to do that with each and every one of us. I remember coming to know the Lord. I had been in church all of my life and I had rebelled. And many of you have heard my story and I'm not going to go into all of my story, but I was a confused young man in a very dark place and not just a dark place in my behaviors and the things that I was involved in, but I was in a very dark place in the sense of my understanding of God and his, under, and his interaction with me. And, and, and regularly and frequently, God would convict my heart. And he'd say, come to me, come to me. I could, I could see every time I'd go to church. And I hardened myself against that. Because I had thought to myself, I cannot live the kind of life that, uh, that I, is required to be a Christian. And I don't have the power to do that. And I've tried it before and it didn't work. And I just didn't understand the grace of God and the power of God to change me. And, and, and so... I can remember many times, many times going to church and just rebelling. I can remember many times trying but not being able to succeed. I can remember many times where I just felt cold and even would say to myself, listen to me very carefully, even would say to myself, I realize and recognize that the Word of God is true and I realize and recognize that I do not have a relationship with God and I realize and recognize I'm going to go to hell, but I cannot do this and I don't understand how and there was a man who was in my life and many of you've heard me talk about him I'm not going to go into it but he was a man that was in my life and he knew I was struggling he knew it and it wasn't probably hard to see but he was a guy in the church and my dad was the pastor and so you know when your dad's the pastor you're kind of you know people are kind of like hands off you don't touch that you don't mess with that and really, that's not how a pastor feels ever. I'm so thankful for the youth pastors and the, and the associate pastors and the creative pastors that have been involved in the lives of my kids as they were growing up. Because I'm going to tell you right now, if it had not been for them in some cases, 
I don't know what we would have done because there are times when your kids can't connect with you, but they need a divine connection with someone. And, and I'm so thankful for that. That's not how a pastor ever feels, but that's how people think. And so he, he, no one would approach me. No one would dare try to encourage me or dare try to, you know, insert themselves into my rebellion, into my issues, and, but not this guy. He just, he just went all past that. And he just started inviting me over to his house to eat dinner with his family. He started taking me out to places. He started having conversations with me. And if I was ever being late and not coming to Sunday school class or just go to church because my dad required it, he would call me, hey, man, I missed you in Sunday school. I wish you would have been there. And, 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 I, and he was a different kind of guy, too, because he would cry. He, he would get emotional. He, you would tell he cared about you so much when he taught. The Spirit of God would touch his heart, and he would tear up, and he would, he would make his point. He would say, I love you so much, and I want the best for, God's best for you. And, and, and I'm telling you, it just changed my life. And because of his interaction with me, and because of what had happened in my, my girlfriend, now wife's life, in God, he was a very significant force in reaching her for Jesus as well. Because of what had happened to her and because of what he was doing in my life, it made a difference. Now, I'm going to tell you something just plain. That was a divine connection. It wasn't just some guy who said, I better evangelize or I better witness. No, it was a God thing. God put him in my life. There were lots of guys that were around me that didn't know how to reach me that I wouldn't have listened to anyway. But for some reason, God put this guy at that moment in my life and it changed my situation. And it put me in a situation where I could receive from him, where I could hear him. I, I, I don't know what it was. It was, his, it was his compassion for me or his love for me or whatever it was. But for some reason, I just got it. And because of that, it changed my life forever. I, I went to God, and, I, and God forgave me, and he empowered me. And, and not only did he forgive me and empower me, but he called me into ministry. One thing I said I would absolutely never do. Be careful about that because God has a way of, changing your plans but the reality is it was a divine it was God moment God relationship when I met Janae how in the world did I meet Janae who lived in Tecumseh Oklahoma and I was in grew up in Muskogee Oklahoma and my dad takes a pastorate in Shawnee Oklahoma and I was supposed to go to school in Shawnee but I didn't go to school in Shawnee I went to school in Tecumseh and and uh, I met Janae, and long story short, we began a relationship, and, and my dad wouldn't let me date somebody who I wouldn't bring to church. And let me just tell you, I dated a lot of people, and I frequently think, which is not advisable, but I frequently think back on my life, and I think how, how blessed I am that God put her in my life, that she was a divine connection. You need to understand that, especially if you're a Christian and you're seeking the face of God. That is a divine connection. Your family and your spouse is a divine connection from God. The Bible says, "Who he who finds a wife finds a good thing. In other words, it's a blessing from God. You need to understand, maybe if we thought a little bit more intentionally about that divine connection of our relationship, we'd be a lot more good in that relationship and we'd be a lot less uh, apt to walk away from it or give up on it if we realize that person's in your life, and without that person in your life, there's something missing. God has put that there. And I, I met her somehow, and we got together somehow, and, and, and we began to date, and I took her to church, and she got radically saved. 
to the point that I hadn't got given my life to the Lord yet. And she told me if I didn't stop what I was doing, if I didn't stop living the way I was living, she was not going to date me anymore. Now think about that. I brought her to church. She gets saved and then she's going to dump me if I don't get my life right. She saw the turmoil in me. She saw the disconnect in my life. She was a divine connection for me and has been a divine connection for me for 35 years now. I can't tell you the moments that God has used her to speak into my life and to settle my feet down on the ground. Used her to give me a foundation. Used her to speak wisdom into my life. Used her to help build our family and strengthen and come alongside and see lives changed here and all over the world. It's amazing the divine connections that God gives us. And then when I actually found out that the, what the church was, what it really was, that it wasn't just a bunch of hypocrites, and it wasn't just a bunch of complainers that complained to my, about my dad and to my dad constantly. It wasn't people who would treat him ugly because they, didn't, they were in some kind of power struggle for the organizational posture of the church. And I, 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 that's all I saw when I was growing up in the denomination that we grew up in. And it, it just saddened me and it broke my heart and it, it made me literally not like the church. And my dad and mom didn't know how to, to communicate to me in a way that would get me to understand that everybody's not like that. And, and People are people and they're not, they're not always perfect and sometimes they're silly and, and sometimes they do silly things and hurtful things and painful things, but we don't let that dictate our life. We understand that the church, what it really is, is people who are doing their best to grow and to seek the face of God and they're coming together to make a difference in the place that God has placed them and the just doing life in the community of the church changes you, knocks the rough edges off of you it inspires you and edifies you and encourages you this is what I found to be true about the church and and when I realized the divine connection of the church and the divine connection of my spouse and the divine connection of my relationship with God it literally changed me forever and God called me to serve his church for the rest of my life divine connection but not just Singular individual divine connections that happen in our life. I'm talking about a community of divine connections. And why would God be doing that? What would be important about that? So I want to just give you four divine connections to community that I just summarized for you. Number one, your connection with God. The Bible says in John chapter 6, verse 65, it says this. He went on to say, this is why I told you that no one can come to me unless the Father has enabled them. Other translations say it this way, you can't come to a relationship with Jesus unless the Father draws you. In other words, before you ever come to know God, before you get a revelation of Him, before you meet Jesus, the Holy Spirit has already been dealing with your life. You may not know it, you may not recognize it. And, and I love the idea of this because so much of the time we think of the kingdom of God, we think of Jesus, and we think of everything in general because the bible says for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life or we believe the word when it says in in timothy that god would have all men to become to be, to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth so we think of things in terms of very general ideas or everybody but god is so connected to you as an individual that he you can't even come to salvation until he draws you to salvation he chose 
you. He picks you out. Think of the divine connection of your relationship with God. You didn't find God. I know so much of the time we talk about we're seeking for answers and we're looking for a church or we're, we're going here and going there trying to find some truth and we get this crazy idea that we found him. Now the truth is he found you. The truth is he picked you out. The truth is his spirit dealt with you and put you in a situation, a divine connection to, to begin a process in your life that would change you. The, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter uh, 1, there's three operative words in that chapter in Ephesians that are very important to your Christian walk. You need to understand them. Uh, uh, the first one is in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4. It says, For He chose us in Him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in His, in his sight in love. In other words, the Bible says that before he even created anything, he already had you in mind. He already chose you. He already picked you out. He believes in you. He wants you in his family. You are not an accident. And because of the fall of mankind, because of sin in this world, we all need to be redeemed. And God chose to redeem you. God wants to redeem you. Even if you're on the online campus right now and you don't really have a relationship with Jesus, or maybe you've never asked him to come into your life, or you've not made him the Lord of your life, and you're, you're just kind of looking from the outside right now. Listen, there's a reason you're looking. Because God is setting up a divine connection. Right now, God is involved in that divine connection with you to bring you into a relationship with Him. And I'm telling you right now, if you really are seeking the face of God, it's because He has been drawing you. And you're hearing me say this right now. It's resonating with your heart. You know what I'm saying to you is accurate and it's true because you can sense the presence of God coming after you. Think about that for a minute. God, the creator of the universe, is chasing after you. He loves you that much. He chose us. The second thing it says in that chapter is he adopted us. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 5, it says, He predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and his will. In other words, God didn't just choose you, but he wanted to make you a part of the family. I mean, think about that in a minute. What if, what if you were an orphan and you were among a lot of orphans and someone needed you or wanted you in their family and they came and they picked out you? You, yeah, you, with all your problems, with all your inconsistencies, with all your failures, with all your sins, with all of your idiosyncrasies, they picked you. They chose you. They said, that's the one I want. With all the problems, all the hurts, all the pains, all the past, that's what God did for you. He said, I don't want to just choose you, but I want to sign on the dotted line. I want to make it legal. I want to bring you into my family. Think about the largeness of that. Think about the personal of that. Think about how God loves you so much that he would pick you and then he would adopt you. He'd bring you into his family. In other words, there's a place for you to sit at his table. There's a room in his house that belongs to you. There is, there is a, an ownership in his kingdom that is yours if you'll just believe him and trust him. He chose us and he adopted us. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 5, it says, He predestined us for adoption to sonship. And then it goes on in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 6, and it says, To the praise of the glory of His grace by which He made us accepted in the beloved. This is what's so beautiful. Can you imagine, can you imagine what it would be like not to have family, not to have somebody on your side? 
you got to get somebody on your side. And that's what God did. He said, I'm not just going to choose you. I'm not just going to adopt you, but I'm going to put you in my family and make you accepted. In other words, we're going to bring this person in and we're going to love on them. We're going to care for them. We're going to take care of them. We're going to walk through their spiritual journey with them. And they may come in one way and it's rough and it's, and it's messed up. But as they grow in the family, they're going to become what I want them to become because of our love and our compassion and our grace for them and because of the Spirit of God. Listen, that's what God does for us. That's the divine connection that we have. He chooses us. He adopts us. And then he puts us in the community of the church. And he says to the church, take care. Take care of them. You know, I think of David. You know, maybe you're a person who you don't really realize the divine connection you have with God. You don't really realize how much God cares about you. And I think of David, how all of his brothers looked more like they would be a king than him. Every single one of them. They were, they were bigger. They were stronger. They were warriors. They just, the, 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 his father didn't even bother to get him off the pasture and bring him to the prophet to see if he was one that would be the king. Because they all just made the assumption, oh, he's just out there shepherd. He's just out playing his harp and, and singing to the clouds you know but but they didn't realize God wasn't looking at the outward appearance he was looking at the inward appearance and you may today feel like man would God choose me does God really want a divine connection with me does God really want to be a part of the community of my life well he's chose you he wants to adopt you he's accepted you and is beloved if you choose him and and just like David wasn't the one you would think that would be picked. He wasn't the guy on the playground that was the first one picked to play basketball. He was the last one picked. He was the one nobody thought it would be, but God chose him anyway. And that's how much God wants to be connected to us. You are special to God. You need to understand it. The second connection is the connection with the church. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19 through 22 I'm going to read the text again. It says, Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but your fellow citizens and God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with the Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. So we need to understand that God is building us. He's, he's made us a part of his family, a part of his church, his temple that he's building, that his spirit d- dwells in. The Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12, just as a body through, though has many parts, its many parts form one body, and so it is with Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 15 says, Now if the foot should say, I am not the hand, I don't belong. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 20, or 1 Corinthians 12, 21 says, The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head not, cannot say of the feet, I don't need you. Here's the bottom line. God wants us to be a part of his church, his community, and he made us one body, the church, but many parts. And you might not, you might look at somebody else's part and say, I want that part, but that's not your part. You play in the part God created you to play. And you can't look at someone else's part and say, well, they're not needed. They, we only need me. You can't do that because all of us play a part. All of us are together in this and we make up the church this divine connection with the church it's not just an organization you know i belong to the lions club and and the lions club is great and i love what we do but let me just tell you it's not the same as the church because the church is not an organization it's an organism it's a living breathing moving 
group of people that make up one body that covers this entire globe that is making a difference for the kingdom of God and establishing the kingdom of God. Listen to me. The church is important. The church has vision. The church has purpose. God has established the church. We're called the ecclesia, the ones who were called out of the world and then brought together to bring forth praise to God and manifest His presence in the earth. That's our role. The church is not insignificant. The church is not just a Sunday service. The church isn't just once in a while, I'll say I belong, or I'll go once in a while to check off a religious box. No, it's something that you need to be connected to because it empowers you and it strengthens you. You need the foot. You need the eye. It doesn't matter if you're the nose. You need all of the rest of the body to be complete in your relationship with God. We need you and you need us and that's the way the body works. God gave us a divine connection with Him and with His church and that makes a part of our community. The third thing is a connection with spouse and family. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Genesis 2, 21 says, So the Lord caused the man to fall into a deep sleep, and while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and, 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 uh, and then closed up the place with the flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. I want you just to understand that God said, I will make an help meet that is suitable for him. Now here's what we have to understand about that spouse who helps us create a family whether, whether you're a woman or a man and you're looking for that spouse, uh, the, the Bible says God put husband and wife together, man and woman together to become what He wants them to become in order to do the things that He created us to do. And, and it's important that we understand that this relationship is a divine connection. It's a divine moment. If you're a single person, you're not married, and maybe you're not going to be married, you have family around you. That's a divine connection. God put you there on purpose. And maybe it's not even biological family, but there's a connection there of family to be with you. God, The Bible says that if, if you don't have family, the church becomes your family. God takes the isolated, puts them in family. That's what the Bible says. You need to understand it's important. It's not just something we do. It's a divine connection. It's a community of divine connection. Understand it today. God, it's very important. And we have this connection. We need to understand there's not one. I know a lot of people don't, when they talk about relationships, especially spousal relationships, about, about getting married, they talk about it in a way that's not based on faith, but it's more based on fate or serendipity. It's like, it's like uh, you know, uh, there's one person out there that's for me and God's going to make me find that person and they're going to find me and it's just one person. And I always tell people, listen, that's fate. That's not faith. Because what happens if your person gets hit by a bus and you don't have a person? That's not the way God works. But there are people out there that are a divine connection for you that, that literally God uh, knows that they are suitable for you. They're suitable for you. They are a good fit for you. And that's why I say to people, don't just go browsing and don't just go running around. And, you know, be purposeful. Get in the presence of God. Seek the face of God. Study the Word of God. And listen to the voice of God and follow the Spirit of God because God knows who is suitable for you and your divine connection is coming. 
Now, it doesn't mean you can lock yourself up and say, well, they'll find me if, I, if God wants them to find me. No, you, 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 you got to be smart about this. You got to be wise about it. But let's not be getting involved in fate. Let's just live our faith out and understand that God knows what he's doing. And if we'll follow him, that's why we need to go. We need to make sure that the person that we're interested in as a divine connection for our life is also a person who's following him. It's more important that they're following him than that they are following you. Oh, come on, somebody. It's more important that they're following him than they are following you because you don't know if it's a divine connection if they're not following him. Come on. That's the truth of it. So we need to really uh, understand that this marriage relationship isn't just a relationship that we pick out of the blue. It needs to be something we've prayed on and we've listened to the Spirit about and we're doing what He called us to do. I could go into to, to the last one, and I'm going to go into the last one, is a connection with friendship. A, a community of divine connection involves friends. Your friends aren't just people you meet. They're not just people you socialize with. That's why you need to have your closest and covenant friends need to be divine connections. They need to be people who are following after the heart of God. They need to be people that God has placed in your life and you know it. It's very, very important. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verse 9 through 12 says, Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. Uh, if either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not easily broken. You know what? You know what Solomon is saying to us in Ecclesiastes here? He's saying we're better together. That's what he's saying. We're better together. And I'm telling you right now that if you'll be a praying person, if you'll be a person who's in this divine connection with the power of God and the presence of God like we've been talking about, God will align divine relationships, divine connections up to make up your community that's going to benefit your life. Now, it may not be like you think. And I was going to give an illustration of a, a, a certain friendship in the Bible, but I don't have time to do that. I'm just going to give you an acronym that gives you the characteristics of divine connection friendships. We need divine connection friendships. We need this community of divine connection that includes God, includes the church, includes our family, and includes our friendships. We need it in our life. And you need the right friends, the divine connection friends. And let me tell you something, friends. Let me just be honest with you. You got some friends in your life, more than likely, that probably aren't on that list. And I'm not saying abandon people or shove them to the side or not love them. But your covenant friends need to be divine connection friends. And divine connection friends are friends that are connected to God. That they have a divine connection community. They're connected to God. They're connected to the church. They're connected in their family relationships. And they're connected to you with a sense of spiritual responsibility. So I'm going to give you the acronym FRIEND, F-R-I-E-N-D, and just give you the characteristics of what a divine connection friendship is. The, the F is this. They're for you. They're not against you. They're for you. They celebrate you, but they also want the best for you. So they're, they're, they're there for you. They don't leave you hanging. They're, they're not just there for you to placate them or for you to make them feel good. They are there for you. When it's up, they're there for you. When it's down, they're there for you. That's a divine connection friend. The, the, the R in friend, they're real with you. 
Mm. Don't have a divine connection friend or don't, don't think that you have a divine connection friend unless they're a person who's real with you. You don't want people who are pretending or fake or won't tell you the truth. I can't stand, listen, if, if it, uh, this is a silly, funny example, but if I'm out to eat and I get something on my face and somebody doesn't tell me, I'll say to them, you're not my friend. Because if you're really a friend, you wouldn't let me walk around with something on my face. Get it? That's the truth in life, though, too. You don't just let your friends walk around with their slips showing. You know, that ladies used to wear slips a lot. And, and I, I would always see my mom tell my daughters, hey, your slip is showing. And you know, in life, sometimes things are showing. Sometimes the bad stuff is getting out. Sometimes it's not good. And we need somebody in our life to say, hey, what's up with that? You need to straighten that up here. You need to, you need to get that right. They'll be real with you. I, they're in your corner. You know, there's nothing like having somebody in your corner. When you're out there battling the fight and you're, and you're fighting the enemy and you're fighting circumstances and you're in the ring and you're doing everything you can to fight, then when you come back to that corner, you don't need somebody in that corner telling you, man, you're not very good or, man, you're getting your rear end kicked or anything. You need somebody in your corner to say, all right, you're doing good. Here's some water. Here's some refreshing. You're going to be okay, but here's what you need to do. Let's, let's try this. Let's try that. You need somebody who's in your corner, who believes in you. They believe in the purpose of God for you. E, they encourage you. Man, a divine connection friend is an encouragement to you. N, they need reciprocation. A divine connection friend will not have a one-sided relationship with you, but they'll help you to learn how to be a servant in a relationship and how to give back to them in that relationship. And the last one, D, they are dedicated to your best interest. You know, there are a lot of people that are in relationships and they're dedicated not to your best interest, but to their best interest. And it's okay for people to want their best interest. And it's okay for you to want their best interest. But in a divine connection friendship, you need to know that the people that are a part of that are people who are dedicated to your best interest. And they're thinking wisely about you. And when you come to them for advice or you come for them for, for, for some kind of uh, you know, mentoring or even just correction, possibly. Listen, you need to know that they have your best interest at in mind. They're not trying to control your life. They're not trying to manipulate their li your life. They're not trying to somehow benefit themselves out of it. No, they have your best interest at heart. God wants to surround our lives with a community of divine connections. God, the church, our spouse, and our family and our friends. And the purpose of this is to create a dynamic circle of community that empowers us and strengthens us and edifies us and, 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 and corrects us even and even prepares us for that role that God wants us to play as a divine connection for someone else's life. Let's pray. Father, I just pray right now that as we've talked about this today, that you will create this community of divine connection around every single person a part of our, our online campus. That God, you'll give them a divine connection with you and your church and, and, and with their friends and with their family. And God, that we'll begin to recognize and we'll be thankful for and we'll be grateful for the divine connection, the community of divine connections that you've created in our life. And I just pray right now in the name of Jesus, God, that you will strengthen this and you'll empower this. And then, God, I just pray, Lord, literally use us as a divine connection for someone else. There are people that we work with, people that are in our neighborhood, people that we don't even know that we're going to come in contact with that need us to be that divine connection for them. Lord, so many times in my life, you've 
brought me across somebody's past that, that, that needed encouragement or needed strength or needed help. And it was a divine connection. Lord, I want that every day in my life. And I want that for every single person who's a part of Summit Church in their life. We love you. And we praise you. And we just thank you. And we pray for every single person that may not know you. Maybe they haven't realized the divine connection that you're trying to have with them. I pray that you'll help them to find you by asking you to come into their life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Wow, God is good. Amen. He's good. Thank you. Wow, what a powerful word we heard today. And we are so thankful that you joined us for Church Online at Summit Church. I want to encourage you, if you want to know what's going on at our church, you can go to our website at yoursummitchurch.com. If you want to know anything, you can direct messages here on Facebook and contact us in that way. Just whatever you need, feel free to reach out. We, we love staying connected with you. And some ways you can do that is by following us on Facebook, following us on Instagram. We post uh, reminders and updates and upcoming events that are happening. And we want you to be a part. We know that when we are connected to the church of Jesus Christ, when we are connected to the community of God, that's when our life begins to flourish. When we get into isolation, that's when the enemy tries to attack. That's when the enemy tries to close in on us. And I would just encourage you, stay connected to the body of Christ. Stay connected to community that will help lift you up. We're so thankful that you joined us today. We pray you have a great week. God bless you.